0: The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. Dayton's all news and talk is 1290-957-WHIO. There is a season,
1: Welcome to There Is A Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf.
2: And I'm Gloria Shanahan.
1: Thank you very much for joining us for our weekly program, which we will immediately turn into a podcast for sharing and for your reference later on. You'll be able to find that podcast
2: where? Well, all of our podcasts will be available on our updated thereisaseasonshow.com website. Of course, but you can find podcasts of this and other episodes on your favorite podcast site, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play Music, plus many others, and soon on our YouTube channel.
1: Yes, and we're we're making the move and going to be uh, bringing things over onto the YouTube platform. We'll have more information about that in the future. Well, I think many would have said that last year was a, a tough enough year what with uh, tragic shootings that we had in this country and uh, destructive weather and the endless grind of Washington politics. But certainly uh, 2020 has been
2: every bit as much of a challenge for a lot of us and more. Yes, who would have predicted at the start of this year the whole COVID pandemic and its impact on our society? Not me. After all, back then we had simple national troubles like, you know, impeachment and hearings and those such. Were the days weren't they yeah um i heard somebody say the other day real quick that you know i just want the romaine lettuce warnings <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. I, I would welcome those yes. back right <laughs> but anyway yeah so we our national troubles were things like impeachment and hearings but here we are months later still struggling for a grip on where this pandemic is headed numbers are down numbers are up states have eased regulations but locally or regionally there's still stuff you just can't do
1: yes and many of the rules for can and can't do are very confusing and seemingly inconsistent but for the time being we've talked enough about covid i think on this program we'll come back to that topic uh, amazingly right as we were all seeing the light at the end of the tunnel in the healthcare scare of this generation An idiot cop in Minneapolis inexplicably kills a man in the course of what should have been a routine apprehension. Chaos has ensued in cities across the country, chaos that some feel is justified, chaos that many others think is grossly disproportionate, and worse, misguided.
2: Yeah, I don't think anyone looking at the video of George Floyd's arrest uh, can't feel some revulsion and anger at what took place, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's much yet, though, to learn about the whole sequence of events leading up to that tragedy, I think. But taken at face value, it was a horrible abuse of authority that led to the death of this man.
1: But while millions of us were initially filled with disgust at that action, and perhaps others committed by law enforcement, similar millions are also stunned by the nature and tone of the violence that has followed. Where anger was palpable and protest was highly appropriate, the way that that protest metastasized into open anarchy and destruction, theft, violence, recriminations, uh, calls for defunding, and the creation of self-acclaimed autonomous zones in some cities now, has left the majority of Americans filled with dismay and many,
2: many questions. So today we're gonna ask some questions that have been on our minds and perhaps yours as well, and also explore some of the terms and entities you've heard tossed about in the news. We know that in our short time with you, we can't cover everything we'd like to, and we also know that you may have heard some of this elsewhere, but maybe not. Given that one of our goals each week is to talk about how we care for one another, we have taken the liberty to share our perspective on whether care has been a part of this entire drama at all.
1: So we'll work through these questions today, some faster than others, and many may seem rhetorical. That is, we don't have definitive answers for these questions, but we do want to want them to be explored amidst all of this craziness that you are searing, seeing and hearing unfold. And here was question number one, that it's, it's kind of weird to ask this now since so many things have kind of uh, just let loose and, and it's like a runaway train, right? Um, but this is one that occurred to us early on, I kept scratching my head and, and wondered why more people weren't asking it. And It was pretty simple. What if Floyd had been white?
2: Right, or Asian or Hispanic, right?
1: Right. Similarly, or alternately, what if the policeman had been black? Would our cities have burned? If that scenario had unfolded, there probably would have been a sizable portion of the population discussed at the sight at all of a policeman kneeling on somebody's neck. But why did it automatically become a racist uh, named event? Why did it? Why was it white on black? Now, I'm not arguing with the fact that it was, but why was that the principal thing pulled out as the catalyst and not simply the fact that this policeman did a bad thing, did a very bad
2: thing. Right. I've also often also wondered kind of, you know, it was recorded by people for a long period of time, right? Mm-hmm. Because it went on for an unfortunate long period of time. But I often do wonder, had George Floyd been white, would passerbys have really paid as much attention? I, I just feel like there's this this issue out there that just pre and is we're just waiting to jump on and find something you know racist well or yeah um unjust and i'm not saying that what chauvin did wasn't unjust i'm just saying you wonder
1: well in in a a lot of metro areas in this country uh, you're going to have um, a large population of of blacks or uh, african americans living in an area and you are going to have various elements of a police force that may show up and they may all be white or most of them may be white and so we we've also had other stories around the country of uh hostility to the police and this has gone down for four or five years where immediately when someone shows up it's not just that that person showing up as an authority right they're not just the man coming the heat coming on down here right but there is a racial tension right off the bat people pull out their cameras and they're looking for that event they're Mm -hmm. looking for that thing to happen of course chauvin gave us you know gave gave the population exactly what (laughs) Uh, they expected in in this situation which is another weird thing too as you and I were watching that the first time question came to us that was why if he was looking at the camera all of this time Mm -hmm. he was staring right at the people on the street right knowing the context of what has gone on Mm -hmm. with racial tension and particularly with the police
2: why did he not alter his behavior at all right also knowing what his behavior would ultimately do through his past training right right
1: I mean now now it's very possible that that particular procedure the kneeling on a neck has gone on not only in Minneapolis not only by this officer but maybe a lot of police forces around the country as a procedure and we're going to see legislation that comes out and we're going to see different rules that says that's a no-no we're not going to do that anymore because of this case Right. Or, or perhaps right. because it's been building anyway, but this certainly was the penultimate right. uh, thing. But, because but of the length of time, if he would, too. But even if he wasn't uh, kneeling on the man's neck, why would he continue to stare at the camera so blatantly as if to say, I can get away with anything. Or even if this thing looks bad or could, it just seems to be stunning the to me. I to do For this. somebody yeah. who's been, you know, it was an 18-year police force uh, member to continue to do that knowing what context we were in. Back back to this question of, of, uh, of the, whether it was racist or not, we don't we know ne- next to nothing about Chauvin's motivations. Right,
2: we don't know anything about his feelings on race or much else either.
1: Yeah, why, so so the the minute it happened, instead of it being simply about that person perpetrating a, a bad event uh, or using a bad procedure, or maybe he was cruel, or maybe it's manslaughter, or some level of murder, or whatever, it's going to play out in the courts. It immediately became about race, uh, which is something that we've been scratching our heads over um, and we're not meant to sound naive because I know a lot of people feel differently about this, but it became so hijacked about simply the race of a white man on a black man.
2: Right. And and once again, we go back to that question. What if he had been white or Asian or Hispanic? It does make you wonder. So were the motivations about race with Chauvin? Or was it is there just a general overall white on black? issue between cops and criminals. Or at least it's been positioned that way. Right. That's Uh, what I'm saying. Very much
1: going back to Ferguson and so forth. Uh, And yet we know that there are are, are thousands and thousands of cases every day uh, involving all different permutations of uh, Absolutely. You will have uh, black officers arresting white people or or, uh, an Asian officer arresting a Hispanic. we are so fixated on race as the additional element or the reason why something right. is happening.
2: This case was particularly different for some reason because I'm sure there are, like you said, other cases every day that don't end like this, but are the same type of maybe criminal activity that unfold in a whole different manner.
1: Right, right. And uh, and so it's uh, these things have been kind of rolling around in our head here uh, that, that racism, when the word com- racism comes out, it is not about um, very often about Hispanic on Asian. It's not about uh, Asian on white or white on on Asia. It's always about white on black crime. Yeah, it's not even about crime in general or black
2: on black.
1: Right, right. It's not. It's not about that. And frankly, if you look at statistics, you will find. And, and people have made the argument. People will say, well the arrest uh, level of of blacks in in many of our larger cities is higher proportionally or per capita. Well, let's look at those numbers. Let's look at some of the reasons, but also let's look at some of the crimes that are committed. Who is committing the crime in, in America? What are their ages? What are their demographics? Let's have an open honest conversation about that and why, as opposed to simply taking this event and making it the issue that it's simply about race. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are looking at this going, it was a horrible thing that unfolded on the streets. And there that might office.
2: be part of the reason that has um, had us erupted in this white on black because of how long, how it unfolded. I don't know. That's just a perspective that I have.
1: Right. And and then there's also going to be a certain... Um, 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 I don't want to call it moral equivalence, but people are going to look at every situation. The thing now that has followed on in Atlanta yes. has got its own different Totally different. Yeah. That's right. And, and will be evaluated And what happened in those seconds uh, that right. is different than what happened in Minneapolis. They are not all the same, a right. lot of these issues, and they do need to be looked at. Right. But that requires a certain amount of discipline and dispassionate uh, review, which certainly has been lacking in the last several weeks. We've got a lot more here uh, to get into today. Uh, you may find this kind of um, uh, enlightening. You may find this, uh, I, what's, a, what's a good word? Oh, see, that's my, my clue right there. I'm being told that I need to wrap it up here for this first segment, and we will. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like I was lasered there just a moment ago. <laughs> when we return, we'll have more questions uh, regarding this latest social tragedy. We'd like to know what you think, though. We'd love to know. So you can write to us at Bob and Gloria. At thereisaseasonshow.com. Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. You can also head out to the website. There is an In Touch tab, which has a nice, easy-to-use contact form. And we'll be back right after this.
2: You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
0: It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
1: Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob Wolf,
2: And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thanks for being with us today.
1: This episode of There is a Season is looking to raise some questions that have perhaps been on your
2: mind. They've certainly been on ours since the George Floyd tragedy and the aftermath that has unfolded. And if you have a question or comment to share with us, please send us an email to Bob and Gloria at ThereIsASeasonShow.com. So, what's up next, Bob?
1: Well, the what, the thing here that we you know we just opened up here in the, in the first segment talked about uh, what if the players in this whole uh, crime had been different? What if they had had different skin color, right? And why was this inherently a racist uh, event? And what's going to happen is you're going to have an awful lot of people who are so enormously upset about this and have vented so much of that anger or who will say, you don't understand what it's like to be raised uh, in, in a modern city in America where there's all this tension going on all the time. And so they're so far downstream on this, it's very difficult to go back and ask the beginning question. In other words, people like to do things, they want to act out, they want to have their protests, they want to do this, and this beginning question really hasn't even been asked. The assumption was made that it was a racist event. Immediately. 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 And therefore, everything else that followed, like dominoes, was built back on that. Now, somebody might say, well, why are you guys wasting time on that, because it is what it is, and uh, it was a white man who killed a black man in the course of, of making an arrest. But what we're not seeing are all of the other arrests. We're not seeing any of that kind of stuff uh, that have, again, different components racially involved in them. And we are assuming, uh, because it was a white officer who did a terrible thing in the course of this Absolutely. arrest, that it was racially motivated, as opposed to simply being what it was, which was a, or, or maybe, let me put it this way, maybe. It's a racist thing. Maybe Chauvin is is you know a closet KKK member. So we don't know any right. of this, right? It hasn't right. come out. We don't know anything about his motivations, other than it was a heinous thing to watch unfold. Mm-hmm. And yet cities have burned, and we've had recriminations, and we've had people
2: immediately rushing to condemn police forces all across the country, right, encompassing all the police officers in our country. Yes, you know, and they're not all, you know, bad or corrupt
1: no they're not not at all and it's it's (laughs) led to additional suspicion and tension between the races or made race perhaps the most
2: important thing it definitely now is the elephant in the room
1: but i think an awful lot of people don't feel that way
2: a lot of people may feel that way but there's an awful lot of other folks who
1: engage each other every day for which for which race is not the issue it's not the central thing in their lives right uh, it, yes, there may be a different dynamic. People may say, okay, the arrests are higher or disproportionately this or disproportionately that. But there is a, an, a group out there, I believe, that is invested at perpetuating race as the first thing. It goes all the way back to a sharp, Al Sharpton and the Tawana Brawley case uh, nearly 40 years ago. Immediately a racial thing. As it turns out, the whole thing was not even a true case. It, it was a hoax. But the incredible mileage that came out of that and fires in Harlem and all kinds of other things because it was labeled as such. Let's find out what's really going on and call a crime a crime.
2: Correct policing if it's bad, right? Right. But don't immediately bring out the R word. Right. and It's a little late for all of this, in my opinion. I mean, look, we've destroyed most of our major cities in our country.
1: And a lot of innocent people have suffered That's too. right. A lot Absolutely. of capital has been invested and lost, uh, which served what? Served who? Target had nothing to do with racism there, right? Uh, A lot of these other smaller businesses, which will never come back, right? and they will be, uh, you know, some of the articles we won't be able to get to today have talked about how the past riots in Newark and Detroit and so forth left whole blocks and buildings destroyed forever. Right,
2: much of it was really opportunistic for people who just wanted to be criminals. You know, you could call them terrorists of communities, whatever you want to call it. It had nothing to do, some of it, with race at all. It was just an opportunity. Right, right. And use race as an excuse. And we
1: will get into that here on the other side of the, the news here. When we come back, we're going to dive into some language. Words matter. You hear terms all the time like fascist, communist, systemic racism, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. What do these terms mean? What are, what are these groups about? It may take several more episodes to cover the definitions, context, and meaning of all of these, but we're gonna start with an overview up next. Stay with us.
2: You're listening to There Is A Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's news and talk.
1: Welcome back to There Is A Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. We're trying to make sense of the last several weeks after trying to make sense of the last several months. It has been a trying time for the nation, no doubt. We've been using this episode of your favorite program to raise some questions we haven't heard all that much in the news, but also to shed some light on the phrases and entities that you've been
2: hearing about over the last several weeks. And of course, we'd love to hear your input. Please write to us at Bob and Gloria at ThereIsASeasonShow.com. This won't be the last show on some of these topics, but we certainly welcome your feedback, experiences, and your own insight. Right.
1: If you want to call us all wet on these topics, feel free. Bob and Gloria at ThereIsASeasonShow.com is the place to do it. Be polite, be respectful. We certainly want to hear your opinion on all this kind of stuff. We are now uh, moving from raising some of our own questions here in the first part of the program to maybe going through some of these phrases that just keep getting repeated over and over again in the news, but maybe we thought deserved a definition and in, in some of our insights. So what is one of the first
2: ones? Right, so um, the, first, the first one is systemic racism. So we're hearing a lot about that on the news, right? So according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, systemic racism is a belief that race is the primary determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race.
1: Right. Now, if you go back over the last 100 years, perhaps the biggest uh, proponent, and there have been many proponents of uh, racist ideology, but Hitler would come to mind, of course, with the whole Aryan nation stuff and the Aryans and supremacy and and all of that stuff. you read any of that kind of thing, you're going to get a good dose of somebody who believes that this race is superior over all the other races. Uh, Do we have that kind of thing today? Some people would say we do. Some people would say we don't. Well, one of the leading groups, uh, of course, that you've heard about uh, related or or at least coming up with uh, into the news every time there is a police action.
2: And right now, uh, especially. Certainly
1: right now is BLM, Black Lives Matter. And it is impossible, uh, certainly within this program, to cover everything that they say they are about But if you've wondered what is Black Lives Matter, uh, this is an organization uh, that began as a response to what they felt was state sanctioned violence and racism. The intention from the beginning was to connect black people all over the world who've shared a desire for justice to act together in their communities. Um, It initially began by um, the issue that happened with Trayvon Martin and the subsequent acquittal of George Zimmerman inspired by uh the takeover of the Florida State Capitol and so so
2: forth right and so a year later Black Lives Matters set out together on the Black Lives Matter Freedom Ride to Ferguson in search of justice for Mike Brown and all of those who have been torn apart by state-sanctioned violence and anti-Black racism so forever changed the Black Lives Matter returned home and began building the infrastructure for their global network which even in its infancy has become a political home for many
1: now a lot of money has has uh, flowed into this organization uh and it, it has really become its own uh, in a sense political party uh, although not traditionally set itself up uh, like a party with a convention and delegates and all this kind of thing at least not yet it seems much more intent on uh, you know, using other strategy and tactics Uh, At their website, they go through a long, long list, a laundry list of different things um, that uh, defend their position or justify what they're about. Uh, And of course, at the top of the list is that they are unapologetically black in our positioning in affirming that Black Lives Matter, uh, we need not qualify our our position. To our point that we finished here at the end of the uh, earlier part of the program, um, there are people who want race, to still stay as the number one issue. Uh, so as much as there, there might be some of us here in this country who want to say race isn't the most important thing, there are certainly people who are very invested in that. Yes. Yeah, And if you read through their, their list of different things here that they're involved in, it also extends then into sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression, talks about economic status and disabilities and religious abuse. It really is a, a very large net of people who have sounded some kind of grievance or another, not simply race, um, if, if you could even say the phrase simply race, but uh, talks about a lot of their things, about how they're trying to dismantle things like privilege and uplift black trans folk and so forth. So it's, you know, where do you stop in the analysis of of their definition? And and,
2: you know, they make a point on their site that to love and desire freedom and justice for ourselves um, and others um, is the prerequisite for wanting the same for others. Does that mean all races?
1: Right, right. So
2: I I, I do. I I do
1: wonder. And I think the premise here is that a a lot of the folks who are are listed within this and on their website don't have freedom and don't have any justice at all. And I think that's a very arguable point. Uh, But again, a lot of people are back on their heels now in the culture and in the media, feeling that you can't say anything about this. You see an awful lot of large organizations. I hate to use the word kowtow, but... Black Lives Matters, you know, at the top of, um,
2: it's everywhere. All the, Prime um, video streaming streaming uh, and so forth. And you know, one of their statements is we work vigorously for freedom and justice for black people and by extension, all people, well, I begged to argue with that only because somebody recently came out and said, all lives matter. Right. We need to look at this for what it is. Crime is crime, right? Yes. but but And that, that person is, was fired right, from their position. Right. That phrase of uh,
1: all lives matter no. has been rejected by BLM uh, and by others, uh, saying you have no right to say that.
2: So right. that's hard for me to accept so, that they really want, by extension, all people so, to have freedom yeah. and justice.
1: So we have this balkanization of society. And... Uh, a continued balkanization. The question is, why do people continue to invest in fragmentation? Why do people continue to say, uh, for us to get a seat at the table, whatever that seat means, for us to get more, for us to have uh, more rights, it's a zero sum game. Somebody else has to suffer. We got to crowd somebody out or exclude somebody. That's
2: That's hard. I mean, it's a hard thing for a lot of
1: people in in the, the country
2: to accept that. Because what's going on right now isn't really providing freedom and justice for really anybody
1: no it, it, it seems almost like in a lot of cases violence uh, for violence sake
2: yeah greater division
1: let's talk a little bit about antifa antifa uh dates uh, back really um against the the fight supposedly uh, at least according to the literature mm-hmm. against european fascists in the 20s and 30s top of those lists again would be people like hitler and benito mussolini and uh the more recent uh antifa movement began in the 80s within a group called anti-racist action Uh, its members confronted nazi skinheads and uh, other groups in the american midwest and then it was mostly dormant until the rise of donald trump and they're lumping donald
2: trump in with the alt-right um so what are they opposed to? So they're opposed to neo-Nazis, neo-fascism, white supremacy, and racism. And these days, the movement that encapsulates some of those ideas, the alternate right.
1: So um, a, a lot of people in Antifa have come from different political backgrounds, but they were united in the opposition to fascism. Now, I will say that you know, in my own reading of this, a lot of people like to throw around the, t- the title fascism. We're going to get into that definition mm-hmm. in a moment. Um, but they use that as a label almost like racism they can say fascism 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 racism 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 but there is what has become offensive to many people is there's no sitting down there's no sitting down at a table to have a discussion because you have people wearing masks you have people showing up in mobs you have anarchy destruction things burning windows crashing and so forth that seems to be part of the whole ethos of this group it seems to be about destruction and terrorizing like we'll get to the content of our issues later we'll get to the discussion later we don't really care about that we want you back
2: on your heels right so for instance
1: why do they all dress in black
2: they often dress in black sometimes covering their faces with masks or helmets so they can't be identified by opposing groups or the police it's an intimidating tactic known as black block which also allows them to move together as one anonymous group there's also these little offshoots, and we're seeing this, I believe, in Seattle a little bit. One Antifa group in Oregon said they also have a snack block of people who are providing food and water for their allies during their protest.
1: Yes, and um, it's always good to have snacks when you're out, you know, burning something.
2: Right, so are they violent?
1: Yes, they they are. Their violence... Um, Uh, marks them from other groups. And as a matter of fact, is what you've seen here going on in the last several weeks. Is that protests quickly devolved into something else. And I think some of it was organized with groups like Antifa out there organizing uh, unrest and, and burning things and so forth. And some of it was just a wild free for all of people who said hey let's go downtown and crash the windows because we've got an opportunity and because police are back on their heels right right so the, that's just a quick overview and really given the time that we have on this program we, we don't have enough to, time to cover all of these things right um, you know we we've tried to do a little bit of an overview um, of some of these issues and we'll cover things like fascism and communism as we discuss these topics in the future we wanted to though here in the time within this segment talk a little bit about another perspective on that and that came from a recent interview with hud secretary ben carson Mm -hmm. and he was urging americans simply
2: to stop being offended by everything and to grow up right so uh he, is, uh, he, he keeps saying it's inappropriate to um, reach a point in our society where we dissect everything and try to ascribe some nefarious notion to it. We really need to move away from that. We need to move, move away from being offended by everything, of going through history and looking at everything and renaming everything. Um, think about the fact that some of our universities are, some of our prestigious universities have relationship with the slave trade. Should we go now
1: and rename those universities? It seems like uh, it, it's gotten to the point of being ridiculous, he said. And uh, you know, a lot of people will say uh, Ben Carson is a sellout. Or they'll use a more pejorative term uh, that has been used uh, for conservative uh, black uh, politicians or leaders or commentators mm-hmm. and so forth. But uh, he makes a good point here. He says, we have to stop putting everything into the arena of combat. Let's see if we can find a way to work together which is really what people in these protests have been saying. Whether you really believe it's smart to defund the police or not. Let's have a conversation. Let's have some diplomacy. Let's sit down as adults and make our cases. But it's very difficult to listen to somebody impassioned as they might be. If outside the window, all you hear are sirens and you see billowing smoke going down the street. What, what, What do you do after the chaos? You know we've said this before what are you going to do in seattle after you've had several weeks of having this autonomous zone and you're running low on water and you're running low on toilet paper and you're running low because the media has now said hey you know okay you guys got this zone but we got other news that's more pressing we gotta take our satellite trucks out of here what do you do next right and and,
2: yeah i mean earlier in another uh interview he said that the u.s can only be destroyed if americans destroy ourselves We are destroying ourselves.
1: Right, because destruction seems to be the aim. Right, Terrorizing people seems to be the aim. Uh, So there's a lot more, as as we always say, in in each of these individual things that we try to discuss on here. We're trying to give you a little bit of an overview of our take on what's happened here in the last several weeks with a little bit of a primer. When we return, we'll give you a quick glimpse of what's coming up and some final thoughts of ours on today's topic.
2: You're listening to There Is A Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk.
0: It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
1: Welcome back. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. You're listening to There is a Season. We've got some great shows coming forward here in the next several weeks. How are things different for your kids or grandkids compared to
2: when you were young? What has changed for the better or for the worse? And another show we're going to do is a different perspective on estate sales, especially in light of COVID-19 and how caregiving is changing. Also, again, in the context of COVID, what may look different going forward? What choices are families having to make?
1: All that in the weeks ahead here on There is a Season. And as we've been talking today about... Uh race and and what's happened in the last several weeks and the chaos and so forth, we have some final thoughts about this we'd like to share with you. And again, we encourage you to get in touch with us with your thoughts uh, on, on today's program. Given the horror of what unfolded in Minneapolis weeks ago, I think it's fair to ask first if the discussion of things like fascism and racism Uh, of Antifa, of BLM, of communism, of autonomous zones, is all even relevant to where this began? Uh, or, Or is what's occurred really a spasm of excess? Is this the summer of excess with thousands of perennially unemployed people out there looking to seize upon something? Do we have a lot of middle class, educated, but unemployed folks? We, we even mm. questioned if they did a cross-section of the Occupy Wall Street mm-hmm. people with a lot of the other folks you've seen on television uh, trashing police cars and so forth. What would be the overlay of those groups? Or is it well-meaning elitists with too much time on their hands who have spent the last 50, 60, or 70 years trying to advance their principles and take care of this racial group as opposed to treating them like other children of god as opposed to looking beyond race for all people they're acting always in a a somewhat condescending manner of we'll take care of the black population are we simply using the pent-up energy of the covid lockdowns and the catalyst of the floyd murder to unleash something feral and disgusting and unchecked in our society
2: Yeah, or are we seeing a level of ugliness in our fellow humans that is oozed to the surface simply because it's June and not January, right? If it was January, we wouldn't be out there. Right. And because it's always been kind of fun to trash what is established, do we really want to see how thin the thin blue line is? This is not to say that reforms in policing aren't necessary. And it's not to say that a terrible tragedy hasn't occurred or that others haven't occurred. And when they occur, yes, righteous anger and protest and change are the right things to expect and display.
1: But there are 700,000 police in this country with millions of interactions every day in our communities. And as potent as our feelings may have been uh, when there is cruelty and excess and the wrong things done, by far, these are not the norm, not the reality for the vast majority of Americans of every color So separating what is good from what is bad takes intellectual discipline and persistence, Mm. not rocks, not bricks, not fire, not savage violence and rampant crime on innocent victims, not the programmatic anarchy of opportunists preying on our next crisis. Millions of Americans know this in their hearts. We should weep when there is tragedy rage, when we need to be heard, argue for what is right and just, but we should also begin with the assumption and the persistent belief that America though manifestly imperfect, is not only a great country, but a good country, one built and sustained on the goodness and love of its people more
2: than anything else. And that is our show. Be sure to check out the website, thereisaseasonshow.com, and write to us there too. Remember, dear friends, seek grace in every
1: step. Never regret growing older. We're here for you every week as we can. Thank you very much for listening today. For my friend and co-host Gloria Shanahan, our producers, and everyone who makes the show possible, thank you for your time. We'll see you again soon. You've been listening to There is a Season on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Have a blessed week.
0: It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station from the Bushers Home Improvement Studios. Improve the value of your home with a sunroom from Bushers. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield, your news starts now depend on it.
1: It's 10 o'clock. I'm Jonah Audi with a WHIO news update. Here are the three big things you need to know this morning. A scorcher of a day outside for us with storms possible when we get closer to Father's Day. Governor DeWine getting criticism for use of the terms hotspots to describe the rising number of COVID-19 cases in the Miami Valley. And our top story, President Trump is ready for a campaign rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma this evening.
0: The chance for storms is on the climb over the next several days. I'll let you know the best chance for storms. I mean,